if you're here today and you did not get a chance to uh, get a book, get a T-shirt, get the, um, the scripture cards, uh, if money is an issue, just give, uh, cue your name and we'll take care of you, all right? Because we want, that's how bad we want to make sure that everyone gets one of these books to help you grow and become who God's called you to be, amen? So uh, I always tell people, I said, listen, it's, you know, the, the book alone wholesale costs us $15. So you're getting the book, the T-shirt, and all the other stuff that comes with it. Um, and then just give Q your information, and we'll do that. And thank God for Q and Jess, who've been working so hard with this. Amen. And getting the word out. And again, if you don't follow us on social media, I want to make sure that you, that you do that. Um, those of you that are social media savvy, uh, follow us, RCC Philly, on social media so you can kind of see what's going on, what we're doing. But last week we looked at transformation, how God changes us uh, from a spiritual perspective, right? And today we're going to look at it from a physical perspective, physical transformation. Uh, and we've been using for a, a scripture, uh, Romans chapter 12, which is one of my favorite scripture, uh, verse number two, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is. And we talked about last week what God's will is. His will is what? Good, pleasing, and perfect. Man, it doesn't get any better than that. The will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect. Who would not want to be in the will of God when it is good, pleasing, and perfect? I mean, that just, that just sums it up. That's where you want to be, right? I don't want to be anywhere outside of the will of God. And you always hear me say every week that God has the perfect plan for the perfect you. So I don't care how great your plan is, his plan is a thousand times better than your plan could ever be. His will is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. And then we define what it uh, meant to have a habit, right? We talk about building spiritual habits, and a habit is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it becomes almost voluntary. So there's no thinking about it, right, when it becomes a habit. And I want you to write this down if you, if you have a pen and paper or, or on your phones, that habits create patterns. Habits create patterns. And how important is that, right? Because there are some people who have bad habits, and those bad habits have created bad patterns in their life. And the only way to break a pattern is to create a new habit. Come on, does that make sense to you? Right? So some of us, we keep wondering, why, is this, why are we getting the same results over and over and over again? Well, you got a pattern that's been established by some bad habits. But you can get different results from that pattern if you change your habits. Now, it's not always easy to change habits. It takes some discipline, some work to change habits. It takes God to really help you change habits. And we're going to talk about that today, changing some habits. Amen. Oh, y'all, y'all quiet already. All right, I must be hitting something real good already. All right, so let's <laughs> let's look at the scripture in the book of First uh, Corinthians, chapter six, verse nineteen. Just write it down. Uh, do you not know that your bodies? And we're talking about physical, right? How God changes us and transforms us, transforms us to about being physically healthy and physically how He uses our body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Man, that's, that, that's a, that, I can teach that all by itself. You are not your own. You are not your own. You were brought at a price. Therefore, here it goes, honor God with your bodies. 
honor God with your bodies. And so we're talking about in all aspects, right? We're not just talking about uh, um, your sexuality. We're talking about also your habits, creating better habits, your eating habits, right? So uh, there are times when I want to go back for seconds and I have to think. You know, my wife, Ray, can afford to go back for seconds, right? Because she's like this thin, right? Standing next to me, she's always like, go ahead, you can get some more. I'm like, you can say that. I, on the other hand, need to not go back for seconds. But sometimes those habits get the best of us, right? But we're talking about your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's important because no matter how great the will of God is for your life, he can only work through a healthy body. Can I say it again? He works through a healthy body. And so if God's calling me to do this and calling us to go here and go to the enemy, can bring sickness on your body in order to inhabit the will of God working through you. Now, I'm not going to say you can't be used of God. That's not what I'm saying. But it is the will of God that you be in perfect health so that God can freely flow through you without any disruptions. That makes sense to you? Right? So you are not your own. Somebody say, I'm not my own. All right, now when you understand that, then you understand where, you, you know, you are where you're supposed to be because you don't belong to you. You belong to God. And when you belong to God, you say, God, what would you have me to do? So let's do this real quick. Let's look at five things that God says about our bodies. Five things that God says about our bodies. And we want to implement these five things over the course of this week so that we can start seeing God transform us in our bodies. Number one. My body is God's property. My body is God's property. All right? So you don't belong to yourself. Let's look at the scripture in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. says, Dear friend, I am praying that all is well with you and that your body is as healthy as I know your soul is. Now, this is important. The King James Version says, I wish that you may prosper even as your soul prospers. So, in other words, he says, I just don't want you to get spiritually strong. I want you to get physically healthy as well. Because who cares if you're great spiritually, but physically you're no good. You have no discipline. And the Bible says a person that is double-minded that has no discipline is unstable in all of his ways. So, there are people, I mean, one of the shows that my my three-year-old son likes to watch is my 600-pound life, right? And so he, you laugh. Anybody ever seen that before, my 600-pound? I, I mean, he, he knows all the characters that come on. Oh, I've seen it. He's three years old. He loves, my, you got to see it tomorrow. You get that look on your face. It is, it, it, and what it deals with is people who have no discipline over their eating habits, no discipline, right? Because they think they belong to themselves, and they don't realize that their body is not theirs, but it belongs to God, right? So God does not want you to have no control to the point where anything can take control. He doesn't want you to have no control to the point where anything can take control. And that means food, that means TV, come on, whatever it is. I know now we're in the Netflix binging age, right, where everybody, I don't know how people binge. I don't get it. My wife and I tried it one time. After the third episode, my eyes were burning. I just, I can't, I just couldn't watch four straight episodes, let alone a season. I, I just couldn't do it. Some people, I know that's the new thing. I'm not, I'm not judging you. But, but, when I, <laughs> but what I am saying is that you have to get to the point where if God says, okay, I need you to go pray, that you are just excited to go pray. 
Oh, come on. Everybody's quiet now. Look at that. Pray. Come on, y'all. Yeah, yeah. You're just as happy to go pray and say, God, if I can binge for 10 hours, I can pray for at least two. Look, I should have stayed home today. Look at you. I'm trying to help you get transformed. I'm working on you, right? Uh, uh, What is it? Watch this, because you can't let anything have so much of you so that if God asks something of you, you can't do it. No one should have more of you than God. No one should have ownership of you. Why? Because you are not your own. What? He says, I want you to, your your body belongs to me. Let's look at another scripture before I get in trouble. Look at this. (laughs) Psalms. Chapter 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Man, I love that scripture. He says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. Man, that's poetic if I've ever seen poetry. He says, I am wonderfully made. I am beautiful. I am complex. Uh, the, the healthcare system spends billions trying to understand the simplicity of what God created. I mean, think about it. When you go to a hospital, it takes hundreds of millions of dollars to keep that hospital running. They're trying to keep what God created running without him. So that's what happens when you're trying to keep what he created without him. It can't happen. But he says, if you do it my way, he says, I'll keep your body in perfect health. I'll keep you. I am your medical doctor. He says, I am beautiful. I am knit together in my mother's womb. Man, I am complex, but I am amazing. Don't let anyone ever tell you different that you're no one. Some of us grew up where there was nothing but negative statements in our lives by people that we respected and loved. And to this day, we carry that luggage on us. Our identity is through someone who said that we were stupid, we're dumb, we're fat, we're ugly. All those negative things. But that's not what the Word of God says about you. The word said that you are beautiful and you are wonderful. And he says, man, you're complex, but guess what? That's the beauty of God. I mean, think about it. No one on the planet has the same fingerprint. I mean, who can do that? Everyone has a different fingerprint. No matter what, your DNA does not look like anybody else's DNA. You are complex. My wife would say, yes, Andre, you are complex. I am complex. But man, I am made in the image and the likeness of God. So today when you get home, I don't care how you look, <laughs> you look in that mirror and you tell yourself, Jojo, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Nobody's name is Jojo here, so that's a safe name. I don't think anyway. You are beautiful. Well, handsome, (laughs) you are wonderfully made. You are created in the image of God. And sometimes, man, when I'm having a rough day, I got to get in the mirror and say, Andre, man, you're you're made in the image of God. I I, I, I know things are looking kind of rough right now, but, man, God's hand is on your life. And sometimes you got to look in the mirror just to keep your mind together and speak to yourself according to what God said about you. Amen? Amen? All right, number two, we're running. God expects me to manage my body. God expects me to manage my body. It's one thing to buy a car, but it's another thing to maintenance of the car. 
Now, I saw my man get out his drums out of his Mercedes today. I was like, you rolling today, bro. I mean, I need to be a drummer. I'm in the wrong business. I got a Chevrolet. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know, I, I need... I need to be a drummer. I'm in the wrong business. I don't know. So anyway, you know, I, I used to, before Ray and I had kids, we, we, I had a Mercedes. But, you know, when kids come along, the kids take the Mercedes money. Now we got a Chevrolet with crackers under the seat and juice you know, all over the place. Because uh, I remember I used to go get an oil change, and with my Chevrolet, an oil change is under $100. But with the Mercedes, it was a couple hundred dollars. When I had a cracked Mara, I can go with, my, with the Chevrolet, I can go to the junkyard and get a cheap one for a couple dollars. But when I had the Mercedes, it's a couple of hundred dollars just for the cracked Mara. <laughs> Yo, you, you can't put cheap tires. You know, I used to try to put cheap tires on the Mercedes, and the guy was like, what are you doing? You can't do that. Right? Why? Why? Because it's one thing to have it, but it's another thing to maintain it. And the issue with society today is that we're trying to maintain ourselves without gods. So we're putting Toyota wheels on a Mercedes. Oh, come on, come on. Come on, come on. You, 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 you're trying to put Mazda. I mean, have you ever, oh, even worse, have you ever seen someone who had a, a, a Toyota or something, and they try to take the emblem off and make it look like something else? Have you seen those? And they got the little wingtips on the side of the car, and you don't know what kind of car it is until you get close up. Oh, man, ain't nothing but a Toyota. But from a distance, they fake it well. And we got a lot of people like that who are faking it, but they're not really maintaining what God gave them to maintain. Ooh. Okay, I'm almost done. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 verse, uh, through 13 says this, I can do anything I want it, uh, to if Christ has not said no. Yeah, that's many of our mindsets, right? It's about managing our body. I can do anything I want. God didn't say I can't have Hagen dazs <laughs> That's what I say every week. God didn't tell me I can't have He never said that. Right, right, right. God didn't say that I couldn't eat an extra slice of raised pie. God didn't tell me that I can't binge on Netflix. But watch this. Here it is. He says, but some of these things aren't good for me. Even if I am allowed to do them, I refuse to if I think they may get such a grip on me that I can't easily stop when I want to. Man, that's some good stuff right there. So here it is, sure, you can go and do certain things. Well, I, I'm not having sex outside of marriage. I'm not doing these things. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're eating yourself to death. You're doing things that are creating bad patterns. And he says, you got to change your habits so you can get a different pattern that spits out a different result. He says, yeah, you can do it, but you don't want to do anything that you can't easily stop because God may say, okay, I want you to stop that. I don't, I don't want you to, to touch that. Now, I remember there was, now, I don't eat beef or pork. As people say, oh, what, if religion, no. Uh, I remember God was dealing with me about my diet, and he was dealing with my eating. Not, nobody's going to hell if you eat beef or pork. So don't say, oh, he said you're going to hell if you eat. That's not what I said. I'm not saying that. You can you eat, eat go, and, go and pork and be happy, okay? Uh, uh, but he was dealing with me about my diet, and I remember that, I mean, I, I was a big pork eater. I love bacon. Ooh. The smell of bacon would give me goosebumps. And I would say, God is in the bacon. 
And, and you justify <laughs> everything you could, Sue, to justify you eating bacon. But God started dealing about my eating habits because what? I was eating unhealthy. I was just, I mean, if there was pork and beef, I was at the table. It didn't make a difference. And I was, God was dealing with me until one day he said, I want you to stop eating. And I was like, no, that's the devil. That's not God. No way God is telling me to stop eating beef or pork because I don't see it in Scripture, right? I'm in the New Testament. <laughs> but what? It wasn't about the beef or the pork. It was about can I stop if God says stop? Can I go if God says go? Can I pick up my family from New York and move them to Philly when he has an assignment here in another city? Lord Jesus. But there was a lot of little tests that I had to pass in order to say yes to this test. Are you understanding me? There was a lot of little tests that I had to say yes to before God asked me the big test of moving from one city to another city to do his ultimate work. So he said, yeah, there's some things that are allowable, but don't let anything get to the point where you can't easily stop it. We're not going to fast yet. Don't worry. Uh, verse 13, <laughs> Laura, <laughs> verse 13 says, for instance, Take the matter of eating. Oh, see, now, this is in the Bible. I didn't say it. This is here, right? Talking about physical health. God has given us an appetite for food and a stomach to digest it, but that doesn't mean that we should eat more than we need. Right? Some people don't eat to live. They live to eat. Right? Don't think of eating as important because someday God will do away with both your stomach and your food. Right? Come on. Uh, he says, but... Sexual sin is never right. Our bodies were not made for that, but for God, and the Lord wants to fill our bodies with himself. Man, that's some good stuff. He says, I want to fill your body with me, but I can't fill it if you got to fill with other things and other people and other thoughts and other ways. 2018, I'm going to do an awesome series on sexuality. You're not going to want to miss it. Number three, Jesus gave his body for you, and he wants you to honor him with yours. Wow. Jesus gave his body for you, and he wants you to honor him with yours. I think that's a fair deal. Jesus gave his body for you, and he's saying, I want you to honor me with yours. I'm not asking you to give your body up on the cross, but I'm asking you to honor me with how you live. I mean, that's, that, that's a great exchange. If I took your sins and I paid the price so that you can live, the least you can do is honor me with your bodies. Okay, look at this scripture. Uh, Y'all kind of quiet. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15. Do you not see and know that your bodies are members, bodily parts of Christ, the Messiah? Am I therefore to take the parts of Christ and make them part of a prostitute? Never, never. If God has told me to honor my body to him, I can't take it and do something else with it. Because that's not pleasing to God. Right? I tell people all the time, especially young people, the Bible is not a book of rules. I know it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> right? But it's not a book of rules. It's a manual for living. And I'll never forget, and you heard me say this before, when Ray and I had our first Christmas with Uriah, my oldest son, who's now 13, and man, I remember I was so excited. I mean, Linda, we overbrought toys. I, I brought, I went into the red buying, you know, I just said, I wanted to feel like I was a competent father, and I'm going to buy everything that's in Toys R Us. 
I mean, I brought everything, Sue. You name it, stuff he didn't even need. He's like one, and I'm buying stuff for eight years old. I'm just like buying it, right? And, 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 and I'm up. I forgot that I got to put the stuff together. So it's like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, Jackie, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. And my eyes are like this. And I'm putting the bike together, and I put this one bike together, but after I finished, it had a lot of extra pieces. And I was like, Ray, it's 2 o'clock. They got extra pieces. Maybe we got blessed. I don't know. It was extra pieces there. Uriah gets on the bike the next day, and the bike just like plops and breaks when he tries to ride the bike, right? Why? Because here I am trying to put it together without the manual. And many times we try to put our life together without the manual. The Bible is the manual. That's all it is. It's telling you how if he created you, he's given you the manual, how you function. That's all it does. It tells you how you function. It tells you what you're made for, what you're not made for. He says, hey, don't, 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 don't try to put yourself together and have all these extra pieces. You'll never know your full potential trying to put yourself together without the manual. How many pieces do we leave on the side? Pieces of greatness, ideas, inventions. Are you hearing me? Businesses that are left on the side because we have put ourselves together where if we go to the Word and let Him put us together, He'll put everything together and we'll maximize the purpose that God created us. Man. It's the manual. It's not a rule book. It's not do's and don'ts. It tells me where this piece goes. Oh, that goes there. Oh, tell me where this piece goes. Oh, God, that goes there. That's all it is. It's telling you how to live. Number four, the Holy Spirit lives in my body. The Holy Spirit lives in my body. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 through 17 says, Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst? But God's temple is sacred, and you together are the temple. And I always say, if somebody was to walk in here and start spray painting on the wall, and you would say, that's blaspheming. How can someone spray paint on the walls of a church? Well, you do worse things to your own body. We do, we do worse things. I mean, this is a building. You are the temple. I'm going to leave that right there. I'm just going to let that sit. Let that sit right there. You, you do worse things to your body. You allow people to do worse things to your body that are not pleasing to God. And you're worried about a building when you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I would say focus on the temple before you worry about the building. And today we're so focused on the building that we forget about the temple. And he says you are the temple. There's certain language that shouldn't come out of your mouth because you are the temple. And people will respect that. When they see that you represent God. I was out on business this week in North Carolina, and uh, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, when you're working in corporate America, you're like one of the few saved people. You know, I realize how God needs a lot of Christians out in corporate America. So I'm in finance, and you know, after we, we're meeting all day, and then let's go out and get something to eat. Okay, great, let's go eat. You know, go and eat turns, and let's go to the bar, and it just kind of rolls from there. <laughs> so at some point, I gotta say, no. Y'all go ahead, that's okay. Oh, come on, Andre, come on. No, that's okay. But when you get by myself, they'll come to me one by one and say, why, why, why didn't you want to go? Then that's my opportunity when I tell them about Jesus, what makes me different. Not better, different. I'm not better, just different. 
I'm not trying to be better than you, but I am different. And I can tell them, so you, you can be saved and do and represent Christ in the workplace. That's going to be one of our transformations. Number five, the last one, and we're going to wrap it up. Jesus brought my body, I love this one, on the cross. About five things that the Bible says about your body. Number five is the most important one, that Jesus brought your body on the cross. The scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, are you getting something today? Yeah. Haven't you yet learned that your body is the home of the Holy Spirit that God gave you and that he lives within you? Your own body does not belong to you. God has brought you with a great price. So use, here it goes, every part of your body to give glory back to God because he owns it. <laughs> oh, man, that's some good stuff. Right? Don't tell me what to do with my car. It's my car. <laughs> well, I think you should do this. Ain't none of your business what you think I should do. Well, you need to get the big wheels because they look not. That's nice. I'm happy. Do that to your car. Right? He says, hey, I, I own you. I died for your sins. I, I, I paid the price. When your eternal destination was hell, I stepped in and made sure that that was not your eternal destination. He says, hey, all I'm asking you is give glory back to me. I, we, I think we make Christianity so complicated when it's really simple. It's a simple love story. And, and if we can get flesh out the way and get selfishness out the way, I, I, I mean, this Christian thing can be an amazing journey. I'm not saying there's not going to be challenges. I'm not saying there's not going to be hurdles that we're going to have to jump. But guess what? Man, I would, my, my worst day in here is a thousand times better than my best day out there. A rough day with God is a thousand times better than a day without God. Trust me, I've, I've been there. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, last scripture we're going to read. And so, dear brothers, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Now, here it is. Paul is pleading. He's saying, hey, stop trying to run the show on your own. I'm begging you to give your bodies to God. Body, mind, soul, spirit, uh, physically, morally. He says, give it to God. He says, let them be a living sacrifice holy, the kind that he can accept, when you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? See, I always say people think it's too much to ask and they don't understand the depths of what he's done. If, if, if this is too much to ask, then we, you don't have a grasp on really what he has done. And then we need to have another conversation about Jesus and what he's done for you. Because when you really realize what he's done, it's easy to say yes. Because the world wants to redefine how you live and redefine how you define life and so forth. But God says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And if you define life by me, you will always find success. Is, is this too much? I want you to think about that today when you go home after church, you put Netflix on. I mean, not that, not Netflix. When you get back home today, uh, 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 nothing should grab you to the point that you can't stop. 
I'm trying to get to the gym. <laughs> Why? Because I want God to use me for as long as he can. I can't be sitting at the table eating any and everything. God going to use me. You know, I can't do that. Right? God going to use me. His hands on my life. And I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing nothing to prolong my life. I've seen a lot of anointed great people go out early because they had bad eating habits or bad habits, period, that they did not have discipline over their bodies. The enemy will work through your lack of discipline. Let's say that again. The enemy will work through your lack of discipline. When he sees there's no discipline in the area, that becomes a door for him to enter. No matter what it is, he works through your lack of discipline. The three things that God's will is, it is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Man, it doesn't get any sweeter than that. I want you to focus as you close your Bibles God, help me, you guys can come up and play something soft for me, to get into your will. Because your will is good. Your will is pleasing. And your will is perfect. I mean, what, aren't we all striving for perfection? <laughs> At the end of the day, we can hear these, these, these great five points and say, oh man, that's good preaching, Pastor, that's awesome preaching. But the question is, what are you going to do to put them into action? What changes are you willing to make in order to implement this so that you can maximize who God has called you to be? Or, or, or are you going to leave some pieces on the side? Are you okay leaving some pieces on the side and never really knowing who God has called you to be? Never understanding your full maximum potential because you're unwilling to live according to the manual. And he says, I created you before I created your mother and your father, man. I, uh, you, you were not born as a mistake. Well, you don't know my story. You know, my mother was raped. My father, you, it's irrelevant. It doesn't make a difference. God knew you would show up on the day that you showed up. I mean, my mother had me at the age of 16. And she was on her way to abort me at 16 years old and changed her mind while she was on her way. I mean, who else would be yelling in your ear today if I wasn't here? I mean, you need me to be yelling in your ear. I, I, I mean, 16 years old, and, and, and she, she's won a ton of like awards for writing poems about how she had me at 16 and kept me and so forth. But, but I, 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 the enemy could have told me, well, Andre, you know you was a mistake because obviously nobody plans to have a baby at 16. But I said, I was no mistake. I was not a mistake. Maybe I came a little early. Yes, I came a little early. But, but, but I'm not a mistake. God had a plan for me. And God has a plan and a purpose for you each and every one of you. And today, I want you to receive transformation. I want you to stand to your feet, and we're just going to ask God with those hands up. I want you to ask God. And you're just saying, our God is an awesome God for me. You were singing a couple of verses of that. Because I just think that is so appropriate when we think about the awesomeness of God. And I don't care where you find yourself today, or if you think that, man, it, Pastor, you don't know my story. You don't know what I've done. It's, it's irrelevant. You don't know what he's done. I mean, that's what I tell people who tell me, you don't, 
you don't know what I've done. Well, you don't know what he's done. You don't, you, you don't know what I've been, what, what, what I've gotten into. You don't know what he did to get you out of what you got into. I mean, you, no matter what you thought me, I can throw something that Jesus did bigger than what you can ever throw at me as far as what you've done. But the question is, are you willing to give everything that you have for him? And are you willing to say, God, I, I, I belong to you. And so I, 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 I want you to lift those hands up, but I want you to just begin to tell him, God, transform me. I, my body belongs to you. I belong to you. You made me. You created me. You are my king. At the end of the day, it's not about me, it's about you working and living through me. And so I want you just to surrender yourself to him afresh and anew. And if you surrender to him anew, he's ready to come in and invade your space like you have never seen before. Take a moment, come on, lift those hands and just worship him. Amen.